0: You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami
1: Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week.
0: Here's your host, Dan Healy,
1: brought to you by At The Miami Heat UK Social Media Network. Enjoy the show.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Heating Up the UK a Miami heat UK based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. And before we come to today's episode, I just want to ask everybody once again to please check out the YouTube channel. That's Miami heat UK TV, Uh, starting that from scratch. So we're making a a brand new start with that new content coming out almost daily. Now with that, we're going to have three new shows as I keep repeating. The Heat Hub episode one has already gone up. Thank you for everybody that has checked that out. The second episode will be out before the end of the new year. And we've got our collab with the Heat Film Room Twitter account. They are putting the finishing touches to their first episode on that. So that will be dropping anytime now, so stay tuned. And then we've got the uh, Tepid Take Show also coming out. First episode of that will be dropping in the new year. And that will be six-episode series where we will debate whether our takes are hot tepid or stone cold so that'd be good fun as well every single podcast episode will be loaded onto there as well and some other fun and games we might even dip into doing some live streams from time to time as the season goes on so please check out the youtube channel that is miami heat uk tv on to today's episode and it is a historic day for heating up the uk we will still be doing our weekly us guest every single week that will not stop but we are doubling our content now we're hoping to make this another weekly episode which is myself and three other uk diehard miami heat fans uh, they are now joining me today i have got lee whittenden darren carter and sam aquara joining me sam you are um, not so stranger to the pod you've done a couple of episodes with me um how you doing buddy
1: i'm doing great thanks how about you
2: yes very good very well thank you great to have you back on the show and Darren, likewise, you've joined me for a couple of episodes previously. Before it's great to have you back. How's things, your mate?
0: Yeah, all good. Thank you, mate.
2: Good, good. And we have a newbie, Lee Whittenden. Uh, great to have you on, mate. How you doing? Yeah, great to be on. It's uh, this is definitely going to be different.
3: I've done a few pods in the past for for the Dolphins, but yeah, this is this is this. Be interested to be the new boy.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Don't worry. And um, yeah, we, we know you are a big Dolphins fan, so things are looking good for the Dolphins as well. So uh, Miami sports are in a good place right now. So uh, yeah, this is excellent. So first of all, let's just, before we go on to any content, a very quick, how you got into uh, following the heats. St- Sam, we'll start with you mate. How did you start following Miami basketball?
1: Um, it was roughly about like 2005. So I started playing basketball a lot in school. So I, I just wanted to like watch it and stuff. So ESPN was the only channel covering it. Uh, and I just tuned into that. And that was around the same time that Shaq got traded. Ah. And yeah, I think that just literally just got me into it. Um, just seeing Miami all over the news, because obviously Shaq was what, I think it was like the, it was, I think, two seasons prior to that, he was MVP. Wow. So yeah, it was all over the news. And yeah, at that point, I'd say I was a bandwagon fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong um, with that, mate.
2: Nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, <laughs> the, the Shaq attack getting you into it, thats uh, that's a pretty good reason.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty much how it started. Um, I didn't really actually start watching games like live until about 2010-ish. That's when I was like, in sixth form and I could actually stay up late. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a while.
2: Cool. No, well, it's great to have you as part of this pod, mate. So, uh, thanks for jumping on. Darren, we've spoken a couple of times before. Um, your fandom goes back uh, quite a long way with, uh, with the Heat, yeah?
0: Yeah, again, like Sam, I, I started playing a little bit in school, Um, But we've mentioned this before the coverage of the NBA over here in the UK wasn't fantastic at that time and um, it was only when I went to New York in 2003 which was a pretty historic draft I was there for the draft Um, and yeah obviously LeBron, um, Carmelo were the the top dogs, Chris Bosh and uh, for some reason I just took a liking to, to Dwayne Wade I listened to his interview I seen him obviously when he went up and got drafted at five and um, just all the talk around him, it was kind of like he was the, the underdog of that draft. It was all about LeBron and Carmelo, obviously. Um, and I just followed, I started following him. So I jumped on the, the Wade hype. Um, and I'm very, so glad I did because then it, it led to, obviously, as Sam said, Shaq came a few years later and then the championship in '06. So uh, it was a pretty good start to my my heat journey, let's say. Um, yeah, it was all because of D-Wade
2: there you go yeah just the goat in so many ways is d wade and uh lee um you're a big dolphins fan as we just said but how long have you been following the heat mate
3: so yeah i saw my first dolphins game in 2005 and always wanted to go and see um a basketball game kind of no matter where originally it was going to be in orlando so the kind of natural thing was to try and kind of follow the magic but after my floats got changed i ended up in miami <laughs> and, that, and that was kind of the end of it. I mean, I went to my first Heat game in 2009. Dwayne Wade um, hit a buzzer beater in overtime against the New Jersey Nets. And that was it, hooked ever since. So,
2: Wow. That's yeah. that's, that's fantastic. So so it's basically a, re- a recharted, rescheduled flight that ended yeah. you up uh, as a Miami Heat fan. Yeah, basically. That's, that's <laughs> started My obsession with all things Miami. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And um so we've got three guys here that have all been supporting the heat for well over a decade. And yet here's your host who's only been uh, following the sport in general, <laughs> let alone the heat, for about four years now. This is actually only my fifth season, so I'm the newbie in this sense. So uh but um what a season we've just had, guys, and um what a season we're about to about to embark on. Um it all starts tonight as we record this uh for the opening games tonight, heat start off tomorrow night, a tough game against the Magic, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, but before we come on to anything sort of schedule related, season expectations related, etc, we've got to address the main breaking news, which again was last night's sort of um, bomb, if you like, that uh, the Miami Heat are now stopping, so we hear, with their pursuit mm. of James Harden. So first of all, um, Darren I'll ask you first um, do you believe this because uh, we've said this before that we, we're not, no longer engaged in chats with people we, I think we even said it last season in fact when we acquired Jimmy Butler um, I think we've said it before when we was going to uh, go with Shaq I think um, you'd be able to tell me better than that but do you think that um, this is all over or do you think this is literally just um, we're, we're put, we're, we've put our offer on the table and that's as far as we're going and come back, to, come back and see us if you change your mind
0: yeah, I think you're dead right. I think there's probably an offer being put to James Harden and knowing how Pat Riley operates, uh, Mickey Harrison, I think, you know, they're not going to stand around and, and, and wait for, for anybody, you know, be it a superstar or whatever. They'll, they'll make their pitch, they'll make their offer. Um, so I'm pretty sure, you know, you can never say someone of, you know, James Harden's calibre, you know, a future Hall of Famer that you're ever going to be out of the question right? The of um, the running. Um, but yeah, just knowing how they operate, I'm, I'm sure there's a something on the table, um, and that's going to be whether Harden fancies it or or not. But just to to add for for me, I wasn't massively struck, um, and that probably comes as a surprise to people. Um, knowing obviously James Harden, he's he's a phenomenal scorer. We know he's a phenomenal player, but is he is he right for us? Is he right for the Heat culture? And you know, a lot of people we all know about is off you know off the court antics um would he buy in to the heat culture because i think if he was going to sort of uh, look at his characteristics there's not many boxes he ticks really uh, uh, you know um other than being a, a fantastic scorer um mm. you know the superstar but is he going to be the the grinder you know the have the work ethic of a of a jimmy butler a bam you know we've got our, our all stars in my opinion we've got superstars and just to finish, what would we have to give up for him?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is this has been obviously the main thing why Heat Twitter has been in Civil War over the last couple of weeks or so, where half the fan base are saying, look, you get him. How often does a top, uh, one of the best shooters to ever play the game, a top five, six, seven player, wherever you want to rank him, how often does that become available? And if we've got the opportunity to talk about that, you, you do so. But then obviously the other people are putting across the point exactly like you did there. Um, Whereas you know with the culture fit and obviously his ISO style etc. Sam, um, what do you think? Do you first of all in a in a yes or no before I ask you anything else? Would you want James Harden on your team?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Okay. So in which case uh, do you give up what's probably going to be half the farm for him? So we're looking at they would be looking at an offer of pretty much everything barring. Bam and Jimmy, so Tyler, D. Robertson, obviously the money pieces, KZ at parlor, Precious Ashua, are we giving up all that for James Harden? Would you still do that?
1: Uh, I think for me, where I draw the line and pretty much most Heat fans is what we have to give off. Um, I could live with giving off Duncan Robinson to an extent, Tyler as well. But when we start pulling away our depth, then we've got an issue. He does, he will bring a lot to the Heat. I mean, at the end of last season, the Heat were dead last in field goal goal attempts. Um, Granted, we got to the free throw line quite a lot. What Harden does is he's extremely good at ISO. And what he does, what he could do on the Heat, he could increase our field goal attempts. So that's one thing that could be, well, it will be really good to have him on Heat for that. And we got to have a look at where we come from in the last season. So, yeah. at the very minimum, every single one of us want us to improve. And we got to the final, so improving means winning the championship. And there are not many pieces that can put us above that limit right now. And when you think of the competition, you've got Kevin Durant who's just come off injury. I'm still not so on the Celtics yet, but okay. they could always be an upset. But yeah, yeah um, it'll be really nice to have Harden, but we just don't have to give away too much because that just defeats the purpose.
2: Yeah, no, again, that's a, that's a fair point. So, Lee, what uh, Sam just said there is the improvement will be to win a title. We've got to the finals. we felt two games short. Um, so, to improve that, if – now, I put this out on Twitter the other day, and I'd be interested to get your take on it. Um, I said that if you get James Harden to accompany Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, plus whatever scraps are left, does that still beat – LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Lakers team in the next two to three years? Because that's really going to be your window of opportunity before players like Jimmy Butler and James Harden start to go past their peak. So do you think that if we were to acquire him and obviously lose a lot of depth, does that, does that beat the Lakers, who, in my opinion, have improved on last year's roster?
3: Yeah, I think, I think you can because I think it changes the way you build the team. I think once you cement whether you want to call him a second or third star on the roster, I think it, it changes your ability to pitch to other players. I think it changes the amount you have to pay in free agency. It changes the amount you have to give up. You know, you become a more desirable destination. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you definitely can. Um, I, I think you, you might suffer a little bit in the short term. You know, you might see the, the first half of the season – players coming in and out you know real changes in the lineup because you're trying to accommodate a new player almost at short notice and i think that's what you see what's going on right now where the heat say look this is our offer i'll take you or leave it because we're moving on we've got you know we've got stuff to do yeah and i think we, we saw it with jimmy butler they really wanted jimmy you know from, from minnesota i remember being in miami at the time and Everyone's convinced they 100% want him. But at the same time, they're, they're going to do it on their own terms. They're, they're, you know, they're not going to be dictated to. And, and you know, I'm all for that. If Pat Riley's willing to walk away from a deal, that's good enough for me.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that is uh, obviously what I think one of the things that are getting repeated a lot on Twitter is that you, you've got to just trust in your front office. You look at that deal with, with Butler last year, you think of what that was first being touted as when it was originally going to be Dallas uh, that was going to be the, the, the team that was going to accompany us in that trade. And I think we was going to be looking at giving up uh, Goran Dragic, Derek Jones Jr. I think Kelly Olenek and Josh Richardson were all part of that trade offer. And in the end, we got rid of, um, we, we got rid of J- Josh Richardson, Hassan Whiteside. Um, and obviously, I think Mo Harkis was in and then straight back out again as part of a four-team trade. So when you look at that patience, and what you, you end up getting the better deal. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Darren, you touched on it um, on, on the Harden bit there about uh, his style and his culture fit. Now, do you think that, yes, we all know that he uh, likes to party, let's say, let's put it Mm -hmm. (laughs) nicely, he likes to be up late, he likes to go to certain destinations. Um, So do you think that that is something that uh, he does because he was allowed to get away with whatever he wanted in Houston and therefore if he did come, whether that would be, he would be told, look, we don't do that here. You're, this is the part. This is the culture. You put that behind you, and if you can't do that, we're not going to go any further with these conversations. So, do you think that if he, if that, if, if he was to come, that Pat would be saying that, or do you think it would be just left to be like, well, let him do what he wants because look what he can produce. He may be going out to the to the clubs, etc., but then he will still come in and drop forty points on you.
0: I'm more inclined to go with the, the first um, first theory of Pat, and I mean people like Jimmy spo I don't see them allowing that, you know, the the party life. And let's be honest, you know, Miami is probably one of the the best (laughs) party scenes you could have um, over in the States. But I think, you know, I I listened to to what Eudonis said this week. It was quite interesting. He was talking about Bam. He was talking about Jimmy Butler um, and talking about the culture. And he said, it was interesting how he said it. He said, these guys don't have to try to fit in. It's just natural. They come in, they fit the culture. You know, they don't have to do anything differently to what they are, what they are. I think James Harden would definitely have to do that. And, you know, you're looking on, on recent history, you know, LeBron came and, and pretty much sacrificed, you know, listened to, to um, what uh, Pat Riley had to say, trusted that he would get him a championship, which he ultimately did. You'd like to think James Harden would do the same, but I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not sold. Um, I think he's a, like you say, he's a phenomenal scorer. And, you know, would he would he ultimately sacrifice? That's never been his style, you know, on the court. Um, he is a, a maverick. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be more inclined if we, if we did get him, I think he'd be on tight restraints. And then the only question for me would be whether um, that would be too much for him.
2: Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of people that sort of countered when that argument was put forward about the culture fit, et cetera, that countered it with, well, you know, um, Jimmy Butler was always a bit of a handful and so on. But like, not necessarily with party life etc but that that reputation of sort of being able to do what he wants and so on and everyone said that about Jimmy but the difference is with Jimmy is he uh, and and whether he would have that culture fit is he was Miami Heat culture he is he is about winning and Miami is about winning so that 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 always seemed like that was going to be a a seamless fit so I do get the concerns and I would think that if he did come which I mean we don't know what's going to happen now but if he did come you would expect that that Lee should be put on him a bit more. So just quickly as we wrap, we finish up on, um, on on the Harden talk Sam, um, there was a question put out on if you could keep one and the I would expect that if this trade did happen, you probably wouldn't be able to keep either. Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson would almost certainly both be included in this deal. I think the sticking point was reported that Duncan Robinson was the the one they wanted to hold on to, which was obviously saying that inevitably, we was going to lose Tyler Herro in this trade. Um, If you had to keep one or the other, Tyler or Duncan, which one would you want to keep?
1: Definitely, Duncan. I feel, um, in terms of what Tyler brings to the table right now, we could get that from Harden at an extremely greater level. Mm. Um, Given he's got that raw tenacity, and to be fair, he's still got a lot to go in terms of development, but we already know what Harden is. Um, Tyler's got a huge ceiling, but like I said, he's he's proven himself in the last playoffs. But we don't know what his future holds. But yeah, we can definitely vouch for Harden.
2: Yeah. So Lee, same question to you. Would you would you keep hold of Duncan in that sense, or would you rather have Tyler? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you're taking proven
3: proven um, talent over potential. Yep. you know and don't, don't get me wrong i think tyler's got all the potential in the world but harden's to guarantee you know you've okay. seen it over x amount of years it, you know so yeah I, i'd have to agree with that
2: okay right okay fair enough so we will see what happens i don't think that it's the end of this story in any way shape or form i think that they're doing what they're doing in negotiations they're starting higher uh rocket uh yeah rockets will be uh, looking for what the best package they can quite rightly so i just don't believe it's going to be anything near what they think is going to be especially with reports again coming out just a few hours ago that there was some trouble in there in practice and he's throwing balls at rookies and so on this is a disgruntled star that wants out and um they will want out of that situation as soon as possible houston so i don't think they're going to be getting package that they think they're going to be getting so Miami may very well come into play again we shall see right so let's move on um season expectations now um an incredible season last year um way above expectations some will say some will say no that they expected this all along. um I believe it was over expectations uh what are we thinking now Darren are we uh, I, I think that you know, the expectations maybe last year, if people looked at their seedings, they would have put us against the Bucks and maybe said that's where the, where the season ends. That's where a lot of people would have put, you know, our season. I think now seeing what we did and how we went through sweeping the paces, beating the Bucks in five, beating the Celtics in six, and then obviously falling short due to an injury-plagued finals, um, that the expectations now have changed. Um, we've lost a couple of players. But we've got in a couple of handy players. Um, we've also got now uh, a new rookie who looks good and precious. We've got KZ, which I'm delighted. I cannot wait to see some of KZ. He looks great already. I would throw him straight in, by the way, if I'm give him the to uh, give him the nod from the start. So things are looking very rosy. Uh, what do we think this year? Are we looking at um, trying to repeat what we did last year? Or do we think that, you know, that was maybe, maybe a reach and expectations should be maybe lowered a bit? What do we think?
0: I think we, we definitely overachieved, but I wouldn't say we massively overachieved last year. I think um, when we talked at the start of the season, uh, I think we, you know, i always seen us getting past the first round of the playoffs and and even, you know, to the conference finals. So um, to make the finals, I think, was, you know, was, was special from that group. Um, and I still think retaining the majority of the core um, really excites me. And as you say, adding a couple of, of others, Avery Bradley, I think, is a really good pickup.
2: Yeah, you uh, liked Avery Bradley, didn't you? I remember when we spoke right at the beginning of the season. You said I'd, yeah. I'd love a bit of Avery Bradley, and here we are, a year later, we've got him.
0: That's it. I, again, I think he's just a guy that fits fits yeah. how we you know how we operate, and um, so yeah, I think for this season, the 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 one thing you have to look at straight away is teams know about us, and we're not sort of the surprise package, or they won't underestimate us if they if they did. Um, Obviously as I mentioned earlier, the East is is loaded now. You know, you've mm-hmm. got a fresh looking KD, Kyrie. Um, you know, what a pairing that is. Um Yanis yeah. is certainly going to be well um, you know, psyched and driven this year to to silence a few of his doubters. The books are gonna be strong, um as we know. Um the Celtics again, I think they could be potentially. The Sixers, you can't doubt them. They've got they've got the talent, they've got the power. The yeah. Raptors don't count them out. Uh, I think many people did last year, didn't they? But uh, they prove that they, you know, they they're uh, worth a shout in the east. So putting all that into to perspective, I still feel really good about it. I still feel really um, confident that we can attack the east. Um, and I think I said it to you uh, in the playoffs, um, the end of last season, that I think we're a team no one wants to play. Um, mm. I seriously think that you know when it comes to to playing the heat, teams know that it's not going to be a night off. It's not going to be an easy one. Every game we play, we're going to be in the basketball. Uh, game, we're gonna, you know, give everything. We've got players that grind it out night in, night out. Um so with all them factors considered, uh I think we'll I see us being in the, the top top two, three um of the of the conference. Yeah, that's
2: exactly sorry, go
0: on, finish. Uh, at least yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, three is the lowest I see us finishing.
2: Yeah, I, I said the same. I think that um You know, we 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 may lack the absolute superstar power that some of the other teams around the league have, but I think that the depth of this team is something that is going to be really important, especially going into a a season that's going to be COVID disrupted. I think that depth is going to be a real key factor for a lot of teams. So, Sam, do you think that um, when you look at last season, there was uh, I think a lot of the media had the Bucks and the Sixers um, as the sort of overwhelming two favourites and then there was quite a gap before the rest of the field. Um, Obviously the Sixers it just didn't happen, the fit just didn't work and they had a sort of a very disappointing season for their standards. Um, But this year it seems like the first six especially it's really really close and you could almost make a pitch for any one of those six teams uh, coming out of the East, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah definitely, the gap's really closed between the start of last season and now. Um, I think the beauty of it is just looking at this heat, they're not afraid to play anybody. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where we end up in the regular season, we'd be fine in the playoffs. It's just how we get to that chip from the first round of the playoffs, I guess. Um, instead of first three, I actually have the heat in the first fourth, So I'd say about fourth. Okay. We finished fifth last season and I predicted fourth last season as well. So, um. Anywhere between first and fourth, I'll be happy. But it's the playoffs that really matters, in my opinion. And um, I think on a pod we did a while back, I said that if the Heat play a competitive second round series, then I'll be happy. Um, it's it's a tough one because obviously we've been spoiled with the last season. Um, I would love to make it to these Eastern Conference Finals, and if we can have a competitive series, then then I'll be pleased. But it will be a tougher season because obviously the competition's increased and um just thinking back to that 30 and 11 team usually I'm one of those people who be like oh yeah let's stick with continu- continuity but um if everyone else is getting better then we really should be doing something like I've got full faith in Pat Riley and if he thinks his team is good enough then yeah let's go with it but I feel I still feel like between now and the playoffs there will be some moves being made so yeah we just need to keep an eye out
2: Yeah, I I agree. So, um, you've got the Heat around the fourth spot then. Uh, Lee, um, do you think with the acquisitions, obviously losing Jay Crowder and uh, Derek Jones is a bit of a blow. Jay Crowder especially, I think everyone would have wanted to have kept him. But as we've already just touched on there, a couple of good uh, role players that will fit straight in um, seamlessly, really, I believe, with Avery Bradley and Mohawk, This Avery Bradley especially, I think that's just a perfect Heat culture player. Um, so do you think that we've got we've got better, we've stayed the same, or do you think that, that's that we have actually slightly digressed? Um, I've got to be honest, I think it's kind of
3: almost on a par. Do you know what I mean? It's different, yeah. but but with the same kind of overall amount of talent. Um, I actually had us kind of finish in fourth. I think if you can get kind of home court in the first round, that's I'd consider that to be great, to be honest, exactly the same as what you just said. It's just make sure you're in. Because yeah. once you're in, everything changes, you know. And mm-hmm. I think we saw that last year, where th- there's no team in the NBA with, with the with the culture and the coaching that the bubble suited more than the Heat. And I think that's why, you know, they kind of did overachieve. Yeah, you know, I think Eastern Conference Finals was was a good expectation once they made the playoffs. But, you know, to go all the way to the finals was, was great. And I think you saw some frustration from the Lakers as well in the finals that with the injuries, it, it was harder than it should have been. And I think that's just, a, you know, the ultimate compliment to the way this team is built and the way they play.
2: Mm. Yeah, actually, it's a good point you brought up. And uh, I'll follow up quickly with your, with your lead. Do you think that, that we that the re- one of the main reasons was that uh, for the success we had was down to the bubble environment because the, the heat are very militant style. We came in prepared. We was one of the only teams that everyone was on board, wanted to be there for the right reasons, etc. And do you think that whereas a lot of people, there was some unrest, whether it be COVID or racial injustice issues, et cetera, um, there was a lot, not many teams that came in as focused. So do you believe that had it had been a normal season with normal stadia involved, et cetera, and home court advantages, etc. all that stuff, do you think that maybe it wouldn't have gone a, 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 as far as that run.
3: Yeah, i got to be honest, I don't think it does go quite as far outside of the bubble. And, you know, as much as I'd love to say, yeah, of course it would, you know. <laughs> um, I, I just think it, it was the perfect environment, especially for a player, a team led by a player like Jimmy Butler. Do you know what I mean? He, he's going kind to of thrive in that situation. Yeah. I think at some empty stadiums this year as well, it kind of helps. Um, I think yeah. during the playoffs, a couple of times there against like Boston, that that's a horrible place to have to go if if you're down in a playoff game. That that crowd really gets into it, you know. It really, I think it piles on some pressure that you didn't see in the bubble, and I think you know that that really helped us overcome
2: mm-hmm.
3: not not shortcomings, but you know, just just kind of levelled
2: the playing field somewhat. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So let's get some predictions then, Darren. So um, we won't go all the way down to eight. We'll just do our one to four. Um, do we? I, I done this uh, on the Heat Hub the other day with some of uh, our favourite Heat Media guests, and everybody had the Bucks at one, and then it varied after that. So, are you the same? Are you going Bucks one? And if so, then who's your two, three, and four, mate?
0: Yeah, I, I don't like to follow the crowd normally, but um, I think yeah, we, we, the Bucks are going to be, be strong, as I say, Giannis will be on a mission. Um, they feel will definitely feel that they they come way way short where they should have done in the playoffs. Um so yeah, books at one. I'm inclined to go for us at two. I really am. I, I just got a real good feeling about how we're gonna be, um, how we'll approach it. Uh, and also I think the start will make, you know, people have made a lot about us only having two weeks and, and having a short um uh, time in to to rest. So uh, I think we'll come out of the blocks. Um and as I say, I think that factor of people not wanting to play us and and knowing it's gonna be a tough matchup. Uh so us at two. I'll probably look at the the Nets at
2: three uh, and
0: probably Philly at, f- at four.
2: Okay, right. Um, that's that's fine, yeah. Uh, I think I was a bit in the minorities with the Nets because everybody else had them quite high and I had them down at five only because I thought that there would be quite a lot of load management going on. I don't see them, uh, Kyrie, KD being on the court as much as what a lot of people think they might do, especially together. Um, I then also said that even though I could see them going as low as five, that they could then quite comfortably come out the East. In fact, they might even be the favourites for me to come out the East. But um, there we go. So, uh, uh, Sam, what's your uh, your one, two, three, four, mate?
1: I've actually got Brooklyn first. Um, wow. I think KD's going to come back strong. And that paired with Kyrie, that's going to be a problem. So I've got Brooklyn, number one. I've got Milwaukee second. Um... And that's where it gets a bit tricky because I'm tempted to go Philly third, Miami fourth, Boston fifth. But I think it could literally be anywhere. You could go either way between three to five. So,
2: yeah. Okay, Lee,
3: round it up you. Yeah. So I mean, like the guys have just said, it's, it's going to be super close. I've got Milwaukee at one. Um, but I go after that. Oh, then I'd Brooklyn, Philly, and then us at four. Um, I still think no the last team Milwaukee want to see is going to be the heat I, I think last year it, I think last year it wasn't necessarily because they're in the bowl that, that they beat Milwaukee I just think it's a horrible matchup for Milwaukee they beat, you know they, they had their number during the season I think you know it, it's so much more to it than, than just that and it could be the same again I think the the way they build build the heat is you know to beat particular teams in the east
2: yeah yeah it, it is uh i mean it could be anything i mean for example i i had bucks then heat then boston then raptors i had as the top four so i had i had the nets and Sixers at five and six whereas they arguably i mean all right nets by default because they've got a, a, a an absolute worldy of a player coming back um but i think that the nets and the phillies uh oh, sorry, the uh, Sixers, um had arguably the best off-seasons in the East. I think they, uh, the Sixers have addressed all their problems. Um, mm. And, yet yeah, I've got them down at six still. So, you know, new, new uh, management, new coach, all of this. So it could be anybody's. It's going to be an incredibly exciting season and a very tight one. So, uh, yes, right, on to our opening game then. And, again, it's the Orlando Magic. Darren? Uh, we seem to match up against these a lot opening opening games, um, and we don't really have the best record against them. They're always a bit of a bogey team. Um, should we be worried about the Magic to start the season?
0: I, I always find it, you know, uh, very difficult to predict when we play against the Magic. Like you say, it's always one of them sort of bogey sides that you know we you expect to go there and and win or, or get a W, and then you end up scratching your head after and, and you know thinking how have we how have we lost that matchup, but. Um again I, I I go back to what I said that I think we'll come out of the blocks. Um, you know, again, clips from training camp, just the way that, that you know the players are talking. Um, there is a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. You know, they I think they, they understand that there will be a target on their back, an expectation. And I think we'll attack the season. We'll we'll go, you know, full blooded and um will the magic be more rusty? I'd probably assume so in terms of basketball. Um you know, and, uh, and the fundamentals, we should be sharper. So, um, on that basis, uh, I think we'll start with a, with a W.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, Sam, do you think that there'll be any elements of some players being rested as uh, as we start the season? Like, do, do we expect to see 30-odd minutes plus for Jimmy and Bam, or do we think they'll be managed a bit uh, earlier, considering the short rest time?
1: Um... That's quite tricky. I feel there's going to be a showcase of some of the new talent that we haven't really gotten, we haven't got much chance to see. So Precious, KZ, I don't think we'll get to see much of, what's his name, Max Struss, but I would love to see a bit of that. But yeah, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think, I think, It'll be nothing far from the norm, or nothing far from exceptional. We'll just see the usual minutes that Jimmy, but- Jimmy Butler gets. Um, same with Bam. Just the usual, really. Yeah. I'm just interested in seeing how they ease KZ and the rookie back into into the new line, into the roster.
2: Yeah, actually, a quick, quick follow-up on that for you. Do we see KZ being thrown straight in? Because I would love to see it.
1: Mm-hmm. Same. I'd love to see that. Um, but uh, I think they'll just find a good rotation for him so just come off the bench and get a couple of minutes and just see how he progresses so it'll be very interesting to watch how he plays out of the season because the heat is really good in developing talent and yeah they've definitely got a plan for him so yeah keep an eye on that
2: yeah um lee who do you see starting the season at the points do you think it will be tyler Hero? a lot of people seem to think this is the way forward do we see kendrick nunn come back in who started the season so incredibly well or, um, or do we see you know the success of Goran Dragic and uh, his bubble performances? Do we see him coming back into a starting role? What do you think is going to be the best way forward at the point guard?
3: Sorry, I just lost you
2: there for a second. <laughs> Sorry, can you still I missed see the, us? End, I, missed, I missed the end of the question. I can see you. <laughs> um, yeah, so who do you think is going to start at the point guard, mate? Do we think it's going to be Tyler Hero? Do we see? Um, do we see Kendrick Nunn keeping his spot like he did last year, or will Goran Dragic, after his impressive performances in the bubble, will he stay uh, in that in that point guard position? Um,
3: I think you see you see them try a few different things. I actually think they'll start the year almost treating the first few weeks, the first month, almost like the preseason, um, where you see a lot of changes in the lineup. I don't think what you see week 1 is uh, game 1 is necessarily going to be no necessarily going to be it i don't think you just you know i don't think you can lock that in and say all oh, right that's now the starting lineup you're going to see a lot of lineup changes you're going to see see them really sort of trying to hone in on on what the the real, what their favorite starting lineup is going to be yeah so I just expect a lot of changes. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Dragic start the season at the point because like I think I think they just want to get him some minutes, get you know, just just get the rust off. I think, you know, you could trust him to play whenever anyway, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting at the point. I'd love to see Tyler Harrow get his go there. I think that's the uh, natural progression after his incredible rookie season. I think that's going to be um, the way forward. Um, but he might just, you know, he might just go try it and test, test it here. He might just decide that, um, Kendrick Nunn started so well uh, last year, he might just go, I'll throw him back in. I don't think we'll see Goran Dragic anywhere near the starting lineup to start the season anyway, as I think we may see him shift in as it comes to uh, postseason again. Uh, that was so obviously impressive last time. But for me, I'd like to see Tyler Harrow get that chance. I think that that's a pretty exciting lineup if you had Tyler, Duncan, Jimmy, I'm going to say it, KZ. And then Bam, I think that's a pretty um, youthful, talented, deadly uh, lineup there. So we'll see. I don't think we'll see Casey. I think he's probably going to be more tried and tested with Mohawk this. Or he might shift over Bam and put uh, Myers Leonard back into, uh, in at the five again. Either way, there is a lot of options for the Heat. So um, we will round up with our sort of uh, predictions for this season. So I'm going to ask you each who you believe is going to be the Heat's MVP, the Heat's top scorer. And the Heat's most improved player. We're going to do those three. Um, Darren, first of all, uh, who do you think is going to be our top scorer this year?
0: It's a difficult one, really. I've, I've had a good think about this one. I think on any given night, we have got people who can light it up. Um, Tyler's done it. Obviously, Duncan's done it. But it's going to come down to, you know, who, who's the main man? And that's Jimmy. I think Bam will, will tear it up on the stat line um, all across the board. I think his numbers will go up—points, uh, rebounds, assists—but um, I see Jimmy being the one who's going to be the average um, top scorer. Um, like I say, I think we'll see explosions from from Tyler, Duncan, Goran as well. Um, I think he'll have big games. Um, but yeah, I think Jimmy—you've you, got to say—you know he's our main man, he's our go-to, um, and when 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 it's on the line, that's where yeah, that's where the ball's going.
2: uh, I think that's probably the most most obvious answer is going to be Jimmy. Even though he doesn't need the ball, he doesn't look for points, he has no interest in whether he's top scorer or bottom scorer. I think just offensively, the fact that he gets to the line so much, that's um, that's obviously a pretty fair choice. So uh, keeping it with you then, uh, our MVP, our most valuable player this year.
0: Bam. I think Bam, um, again, with the contract that he signed, I don't see the... Uh, the pressure getting to him, I think it will um only aid and excel him as a player. I see him having, like I said, I think his numbers will go up across the board. Um and he's just he's a he's a matchup nightmare, I think, for yeah. for other teams. Uh when they, you know, when they're they're looking to guard us, I think he does a little bit of everything. He's mid-range, he's getting better. Um so you have to guard him there. I think I've heard him mention about becoming you know a three point um Say specialist, but adding that to his game, um, so yeah, if he has that, I think he becomes the the X factor for us.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that's again a very obvious answer. Yeah, Bam's going to do big things again this year. I'm sure points approved to make sure he uh, he well and truly justifies that max contract. So lastly, this is quite difficult, I think, because how do you improve when so many players were so good to start with? So uh, this might be a bit tricky. But who's your MIP this year for the Heat?
0: Well, I think KZ's definitely thrown himself in the hat a little bit um, in terms of, you know, but again, will it be more of a breakout year for him? Yeah. Um, You know, I thought about Kendrick Nunn a little bit, just purely he had that hot start and then it sort of, um, you know, he had an injury and then he was out of the rotation a little bit in the playoffs. Um, But again, he was so good. So, you know, for that opening opening part of the season. um, And again, if you, you look around the roster... It's a difficult one. Uh, I'm probably more inclined to say Kendrick Nunn. Um, okay. Just because I think he will get more minutes. You know, he's, I like his, his work ethic and I think he'll force his way into into the, the reckoning.
2: Yeah, and he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. Um, you know, he started off so well and then he got written off for really, for, yeah. you know, a little bit of form, definitely, but more sort of health concerns. You know, that we, let's not forget he, he contracted COVID. So and it, people don't get over that immediately. People seem to forget that. So... I think that's a good shout, Kendrick Nunn. Okay, good stuff, Darren. So, Sam, same questions to you. Um, let's start off with our top scorer.
1: I pretty much agree with Darren across the board. Um, I've got okay. top scorer Jimmy Butler, Yeah, mostly because um, he's the one player on the team that's likely to give us those big numbers consistently. Yep. Um, in terms of the MVP, and with Bam. Uh, his contract plays into it as well, and... Just looking at how he played in the last uh, playoffs, particularly in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. I'm excited to see what he brings this season. Um, I'm expecting an improvement in his scoring. His defense is going to be on point as usual. So I think he's going to be the focal point of the team in terms of performance this this season. Um, most improved, I'm going to go with KZ because we didn't really see much of him last season. So KZ got, season? Yeah, he's really got pretty much nothing to build up on, so yeah. it's like a no-brainer in terms of most improved. But I'm okay. um, also going to keep an eye on Tyler Hero as well, because yeah, that sophomore season. Let's see what he does with it. Um, he's, I think he's got a good chance at just breaking out. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. absolutely spot on, Lee. Um, so we've got Darren and Sam both pretty much matched up. Um, Sam just opting maybe for KZ on the MIP front. What are we saying for you, top scorer?
3: Yeah, I had Jimmy written down as, as top scorer as well. I just think, like you say, when, when it comes to a big moment, you know where the ball's going, you know, the, the guy they trust. Um, I actually had Jimmy down as MVP of the team as well because I think it, it sounds strange, but I think he, he settles into, into heat life even more in year two. I think... I think year 1 was eye opening for him that hang on these guys are, are on the same page that you know they want to do what I want to do they want to be in the gym early and I think this year he really settles into that just takes it to uh, an even even to a next level I think there's there's still more to come from Jimmy um scary folk yeah I know I I, I know I just I'd say I just think it was eye opening for him I think it's the first time he's felt comfortable and I think he's just going to see you know that, that's not a one year thing this yeah. is the way this team this team is.
2: That's, that's awesome. Good. Right, so uh, then we've got most improved.
3: Oh, most improved. Uh, funnily enough, I actually went the same way. I, I think um, Tyler Herron might actually have a, another level to go to. But I, I put in my notes um, that I think Kendrick Nunn is probably going to be looking to kind of rectify a little bit the way yeah. that season finished. Finish on a bit of a sound note for him. You know, not necessarily – through thought of his own I think he's trying hard enough I think you know like you say COVID's not easy to get over and I think you, you know he's going to have a, a
2: chance here to to show that in the start of the season wasn't a fluke yeah I think that's that, that's really interesting because people just seem to have forgotten how incredible Kendrick Nunn was at the beginning of that season he was averaging about 28 points or something stupid for the first month uh, and then, you know, like form did dip a little bit. Um, and then people just like just seem to completely write off the fact that he contracted the virus. So did Bam. And people, you know, they they don't all deal with that differently. Uh, or the same, sorry. Everyone deals with it differently. So he's become almost like the forgotten man, which is quite sad. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how, um, how the second year for Kendrick Nunn comes. Because on his day, he's an offensive weapon for this team. Um, I'm going to agree with, I think, most of you that said Bam at MVP. Um, I think that, yeah, as I've already said, been paid, I think he's going to add to his game. He's already come out and said, look, I'm not now taking it easy because I've been paid. I'm now going to prove why I'm worth the money. So I think we're going to see big things from Bam. MVP candidate is um, for the Heat uh, is is definite for me. Um, I'm going to go for the same player for both top scorer and MIP, and that is Tyler Herro. So there's a bit of a shake. There's a bit of a hot take for from me. I'm going with Tyler. I think that all of it depends on if he starts games. And I actually believe he's going to start. I think he's going to be... He played this sort of transitional fluid style of basketball. It doesn't really matter who's at the one, etc. I think we're going to stick him in to start the season. And um, I've already said on multiple podcasts that I am looking forward to nothing more this year than sophomore Tyler Harrow. And I think he's going to ball. He, the guy is just complete confidence wired all the way through him. Um, and I think that if he gets in his groove early, um, he's going to just go from shrimp to shrimp. I think we're going to see um, an incredible season. So I'm going to put him as our top scorer. That is a bit of a hot take. But I also think that not only is he going to be Miami's MYP, he's going to be the league MYP. So you've heard it here. Get your bets on. Most improved player for the NBA is going to be Tyler Herro. Ready for that backlash. Right, okay, that will wrap it up, guys. Um, Brilliant to have you all on for the first episode. Let's just quickly go around and find everybody uh, where they can find you on Twitter. So, Darren, where can everyone get you, mate?
0: Uh, At
1: coach underscore carts.
2: Awesome. Sam?
1: It's at Sam Okwara, S-A-M-O-K-W-A-R-A.
2: Lovely. And
3: Lee? (laughs) Mine's just Lee at at Lee Top Landing.
2: Brilliant. Okay, that's fantastic. Brilliant to have you all on. We'll hopefully be back. Actually, we won't do one next week because it's all a bit funny around Christmas, etc. We'll catch up with everybody in the new year when everybody's um, out of whatever tier we're in, maybe or maybe not. Who knows? God knows what's happening at the moment in this country. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll get the celebrations as such out of the way, and then we'll come back to, hopefully, a, an impressive start to the season for the Miami Heat. We'll talk to you soon, guys.
0: You've been listening to Heating Up the UK.
1: Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a
0: show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content.
1: That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Covered. Thanks for listening.